Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's Issues is the name of this here show. We thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Great to be here. Chris Woodward. Good morning. And in Kansas City is Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Hey, Tim. How you doing today? Doing well. And uh, it's, uh, we've had a uh, thunderstorm move through just the last few minutes. So, And I'm praising the Lord it wasn't snow. No, it was coming down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, rain. We'll take looked rain. Out, I looked out the window, and it was sheets. Yeah. That's all. And high wind. Yeah. Very high wind. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ray, I, I don't know. You maybe you guys having a nice day there in Kansas City? Or? You know, it's, a, it's in the upper 40s, and we're going to get to about 52, 53, and no rain. So yeah. this may not, might not be golf weather, but yeah. it could be bike riding weather. Right? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, weather is going to be one of the dominant stories today, uh, especially across the South. Mm-hmm. It's seventy-two here now, right? Seventy, seventy-one. Yep. And but uh, the uh, tornadic activity, uh, Chris uh, expected south of where we are. We're in North Mississippi and yes. uh, Louisiana, Alabama, mm-hmm. Georgia. Uh, yeah. We have uh, since uh, the wee hours of this morning, like millions of people have been under some sort of threat of a potential tornado from everything from watches to warnings. Um, at one point, it was around three million uh, overnight. Three million um, tornadoes. Well, you know, I think people. that's a record. <laughs> it would got to be a record. <laughs> three million people uh, were under threat. Uh, so definitely. Oh, people. My yes. bad. I misunderstood. See, I got you got to pay attention. Right. And, you know, and as we often say, I say this, Rusty does it, Steve, uh, Robert, whoever's anchoring a newscast, please be sure to keep a check on your local forecaster. There's only so much we can do here uh, in the studios. So uh, do keep a check wherever you live on your local forecasters. If you what think can we do in the studios, Chris? Well, we monitor uh, things as they happen. Not, we, we can't necessarily tell you, hey, there's a tornado on the ground right now in Topeka, Kansas, for example. Um, right. if, if there has been one reported, we will say that. But I don't have you know eyes on the ground, same as John Smith at WXL whatever uh, in, in your yeah. state. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. You're welcome, Chris. I did go to a meteorological <clears throat> school. <laughs> All right. So, um, listen, you know, take care. This weather will be, uh, you know, going through the south and up to the Carolinas. And, it's, you know, the threat is mm-hmm. very real for for for, for uh, tornadoes. You right? talk about a pendulum swing here in the southeast. Uh, you had to wear parkas and scarves and sweaters eight days ago. When it was single digits overnight, and then I walk out this morning at uh, around four thirty or so, and it's seventy one degrees. Uh, I don't know how people did it two hundred years ago without any way of knowing what tomorrow brings. There is a joke here that hey, if you don't like our weather, wait until tomorrow. Yes, and this proves it. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, so you going to go bike ride this afternoon? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'm, uh, if it gets up in the low fifties, yeah, yeah, I'll go. I hear you. Well, well, I'm ready for springtime. Uh, yes, preach it. Yes, I detest winter. 
I, I, I don't it. even. I don't even hide it anymore. Uh, we reject winter. <laughs> we reject it. <laughs> we do not receive winter at all around here. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to miss two months of life, but at the same time, I, it's. I'm just. Uh-huh. I'm ready to. I'm ready to get winter behind us before it ever starts. Quite frankly, it starts in in uh, what do you call it uh, in earnest? Yes. Right. And of course, of course, Ray will be experiencing much more than than uh, we will. Here in the, uh, right. in the southeast, in the Midwest heartland, uh, winters can be brutal. All we're right, calling for, we're calling for some global warming right I, now. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling you, Ray. I want some global. Bring on some global warming. Um, all right, uh, listen. I was. Uh, we got uh, Frank Turks coming up in a few minutes. Sandy Rios this hour. So if you don't like what we have to say, you're not interested in what we have to say. Stay mm-hmm. tuned because Frank and Sandy are very mm-hmm. interesting people. Uh, so I came home, uh, Alice and I went to dinner last night. We don't, we're not big on cooking. <laughs> we support the, uh, Tupelo Restaurant Association. Yeah. And <clears throat> well, I look at it. If you overuse your kitchen, you devalue your home. That's a fact. Everybody knows that. On right? episode of Faith and Finance 100%. with Rob West. 100%. <laughs> there's, I mean, people act like there's, there's not a downside to uh, right. always cooking and it's your, you know, there he is just what I just said. Mm-hmm. So our kitchen is ready to go. Should we ever sell the house? It'd be a, good, it's a be, selling point. It'd be a good selling point. <laughs> Gently used. This when all our kids See have this here stove. <laughs> yes. That's right. It's sparkling. never been used. <laughs> it's been used two times, Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, hey, Judge, judge us if you want to, <laughs> but cooking and cleaning up that two hours right there mm-hmm. is time you can never get back. <laughs> so anyway, um, when all our kids gra- all our kids left home, got married, and had kids of their own, and Alice and I said, "Hey, we can we can we can go out and eat for what we can pay to cook at home." Uh-huh. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I was, I was at home last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got home from dinner, went on our patio. Cut on the television set and turned it over to the um, the NFL game, mm-hmm. which was uh, Cincinnati Bengals and uh, Buffalo Bills, and they had an ambulance on the field. And I knew, well, this is weird. Uh, didn't know what was going on, obviously, till I started paying attention to what the announcers were saying, and then, and then, uh, then it became a, a big story, and now it's a national story. Mm-hmm what happened with this young man on the football field last night for the Buffalo Bills that he played for the Buffalo Bills. Right. Ray, were you watching that or did you see that? We, we turned it on about three or four minutes after it happened, almost exactly like you. And you see, you see the ambulance there on the field and all the players gathered around and much more, much more somber. I mean, we've all seen scenes of, of injury, right? But I have never, in a lifetime of watching pro football, seen anything like what right. we saw last night. Right, Chris, what was the young man, what's the young man's name and what's the uh, situation? Yeah, Demar Hamlin is the name of the players. Uh, name of the player. He is a member of the Buffalo Bills football team, and he made a tackle last night uh, and stood up like everybody else from the ground, and he kind of wobbled, then he collapsed. I thought within had, a couple seconds. Within a couple of seconds, yeah. I thought maybe he had uh, gotten the breath knocked out of him because he even you know when he made the tackle, even he kind of jerked back a little bit just from the force of the impact. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was not responsive. Uh, it got to the point where uh, medical experts came on the field, and for several minutes – um, they, you know, worked on him, tried to, uh, figure out what was going on there. They were and, doing cardiac, uh, or, or they were doing CPR, CPR. Yes. It was a very, uh, very scary moment, understandably. So, uh, and one of the more moving things beyond that, of course, uh, that occurred was members of both teams were gathered together on the field in prayer, uh, during this, uh, very scary situation featuring again, DeMar Hamlin. He is in critical condition this morning, uh, and we are awaiting an update on his condition. Well, they postponed the game, which is I think is unprecedented, uh, just because both teams and both coaches and really all the spectators, both on in attendance and on television, were just so stunned at what had just happened. And quite frankly, when Ray, when the guys uh, players leaving the field, his mom's in the stands. She's right. called down to go with him uh, as they leave the uh, stadium. You didn't know whether he was alive or not. Well, when, when when they're doing CPR on the field, which I can never remember seeing I that in an NFL game, and then we find out later use the defibrillator on him, and thank God they had the stuff there. Mm-hmm. He came he came close to the edge yes. there on that football field. So when that happens, you you can't say to guys, "Oh, forget about that." Right? No, you know, no, you, you just can't. No, no, they're out there again. watching their teammate and their fellow player about yeah. die. Right. I mean, he, no, nobody's ever seen a, a CPR being given that you know on, on a football field like that that I can remember. Uh, it was just a very stunning situation. So uh, the young man, uh, Demar Hamlin, Demar Hamlin, is a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh. It's where he played his college football, and uh, I don't know the young man's personal faith situation, but I do know. Uh, like many Christians, he was wearing a uh, cross in black paint on his face. Mm-hmm. That's the way a lot of the uh, Christian players promote their faith. Mm-hmm. And so I did notice that, but I don't know anything other than, you know, I don't know beyond that about his, uh, where I, you know, his his situation. But, wow, I need to pray for him and uh his his family. Ray, do you want to say anything else about that? Or I think the most moving comment or the most moving scene is to see the players on their knees earnestly praying. Yeah. Earnestly yes, praying. they were crying and praying. I mean, they were shook. They were and, 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 and yeah. you You watched the ESPN feed, and they kept talking about the need to pray. And there was that young man on ESPN who said, he said, my mother is a prayer warrior. And she goes to church, what he said, 25 hours a day and eight days a week. And he said, I called my mom and I said, Mom, you know what to do. Get on your knees and start praying. It is it is a reminder, isn't it, that uh, even in our extremely secular society, mm-hmm. in a moment like last night, we know where can you go but to the Lord. Yeah, no, you're, you know, you're right. There wasn't any players offering their thoughts. Oh, right. Last night, now people say right. thoughts and prayers. Thoughts, and thoughts prayers. are nice because it means you care about somebody. But when you're in a dire situation like this young man was, all his teammates, they were praying. Hmm. They were holding hands. Their heads were bowed. They were kneeling. Not Maybe not all of them, but the vast majority of them sure. were. When you're kneeling and your head is bowed and you're you're praying and you're praying, you're calling out to God Almighty mm-hmm. for his immediate help in a situation. And so uh, that was 
what was happening last night and uh, certainly hope and pray this young man will be okay. What you said he's uh, – what's his latest status? Critical condition. Yeah, and that's not unusual for this case. His heart actually stopped. They got it because of the impact. If you look at the the impact impact of the play, it was a freak type thing. The impact of the play, the other player just went right into his chest area. Yeah, and what's the early kind of diagnosis? Blunt trauma. It interrupted the regular rhythm of the heart, and that's why the heart stops. So they got the defibrillator on him, got that rhythm back again. It's not unusual this treatment at this point. Uh, He's in an induced coma. He will likely stay that way for two or three days uh, just to allow that heart to heal and to make sure that there's no permanent damage. Uh, I'm not sure how many seconds he was not breathing. That's another concern in these situations if there's any brain damage that was done. But we should know in the next 48 hours uh, what's coming out of this. All right. You're listening to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Sandy Rios will join us at the bottom of the hour. She's got a new podcast that we're going to be hosting that we'll tell you about uh, with Sandy coming. We'll talk to her at the bottom of the hour. Well, Dr. Frank Turk is on with us most Tuesdays. It uh, feels like it, and uh, he's he's on with us right now from North Carolina, uh, host of Cross-Examined Radio on the weekends and the pot, very popular podcast by the same name. And that's the name of his ministry. It has been for a couple of decades now. Joining us from uh, Charlotte, the Charlotte area, is uh, Frank Turk. Frank, good morning to you. Good morning, gents. Hey, the question that I see so many people asking on the Internet about this incident last night, and I don't know the answer to it, um, is does anyone know his COVID vaccination status? Because mm, I would imagine he he had it because it did not didn't the weren't the NFL players required to get it? Well, I don't know if he's had. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, there have been a few holdouts. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the. I'm answering the question. I don't know the answer to. It. I'm just saying. That I remember there was a big push among players, right? Uh, there was. Uh, but now, booster, booster, booster. Have you had booster, booster, booster? Now, what would that? Uh, what, what 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 are you suggesting? Well, some are saying that we've seen many. Uh, athletes have inexplicable heart conditions come up or heart incidents come up, and they're trying to connect it to the vaccine. Now, I don't know if nah, that's valid or not. Not in this case. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, uh, this is explainable. You said is inexplicable. It? That means without explanation. True? I, Somebody going to answer me? We're going to see. I don't know. I'm just asking does the, the question. Does the well, term look, okay, inexplicable okay. mean without explanation? Okay, 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 Tim, but let me let – me, let me push back this way. That was a hard hit he took, right? Mm-hmm. But there are hard hits on almost every play. Mm-hmm. That what it wasn't. If you look at the replay, it was a hard hit in the chest. But I can't think, Tim. Of I can't think, Tim. Uh, I don't. In our lifetime, anything has happened like this in an NFL game. So how do we explain what happened last night? Uh, I don't know. Well, now, now Dr. Peter McCullough has suggested maybe this had something to do with it, and I respect his opinion. We don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, in my opinion, am I entitled to my opinion? I think 100%. so. Hundred percent. As long as you agree with us. Okay. Well, okay. Thank you. That's that's where we are as humans, aren't we? As long as you agree with us, you're entitled to your opinion. Uh, I watched that. My brother sent that play to me last night. We were texting about eleven o'clock because I hadn't seen the play. They wouldn't show the play. 
anywhere. I, I guess they feared that he, if he had passed, the the people deciding do we show the play or not would say, "Well, we're just showing a play of, of uh, we're disrespecting the deceased." I, I'm, right. If that had happened, not knowing that what his condition was on the way to the hospital, but I watched that play. That was a powerful, powerful hit mm-hmm. at at a great rate of speed. Right, right in the chest. Right in the chest between the uh, so. So w- when he gets up like he did, and then he just collapses and falls back, had that been Ray? Had that been away from the uh, point of contact, and the guy's just maybe he's out there playing, running down the field, and all of a sudden he collapses, and I'd say, yeah, absolutely, you better check that that. But to me, it was explainable what happened to him. That was that hit was so powerful and fast and vicious to his chest area with that. And he was defenseless there. That explains what happened as Fred described it earlier. But, uh, but to, to Frank, to your point and what Ray's talking about, we're all reading these stories every day, all across the country about healthy, otherwise healthy people just suddenly and unexpectedly. That's not, we've all come to, huh? We've all come to see this, term suddenly and that what happened yesterday 38 year old and um former nfl player in uh yeah, from, jaguar offensive lineman yeah. yeah he just dies suddenly and unexpectedly now maybe he had a heart attack people do mm-hmm. or there's an explanation but I'm, I'm saying that's happening on a regular basis maybe there'll be some statistical data come out in the next six months or a year maybe there already has been and i haven't seen it that will uh, tell us are our, our eyes and ears betraying us or misleading us or in fact is there a rise in cardiac deaths i guess i should say among um among uh well people who've taken the covid vaccine yeah especially the booster after booster after booster Mm -hmm. which they say can cause blood clotting in the heart right that's what that's the fear is in fact if you just want factual information i mentioned this before but in europe this is about a year. You can, you can type this in for yourself about a year, a year and a half ago in Europe, uh, France and Germany in particular, maybe some other countries too. They said no more Moderna COVID shots for men 30 years old and under. It's it's too risky. Right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, myo, myocarditis. Myocarditis, which is what? Heart inflammation? It's an inflammation of the sac around the heart. Okay. So that was in Europe. Um, that they, they just said 30 and I don't know how, I don't know why it affects younger men more than post 30. Right. But, uh, anyway, that was, that was what happened in Europe. So there was a lot of concern there, but, um, all right, uh, Frank, any, any more thoughts on that before we move on to the next topic here? Well, I was just wondering, uh, you just said 30, it might be the reason that they think that people over 30 uh, should get the vaccine is because they think maybe the benefit of the vaccine outweighs any risk of the heart issue. That's what they might be thinking. I don't know. Um, right. According are the, to them. Or other stats may have shown that it wasn't yeah. impacting males 30 and over like it was 30 and under. Right. It doesn't affect young people. That's the whole point. And so what, does it, a, what does it? The COVID. Vac- oh, COVID. Yes. Yeah, Co- yeah. No, I agree with you on that. But, but, the, but the COVID vaccine shot was. Yeah, effective. well, that's. I think that's one of the problems with it. We're recommending it for kids, and we've always known it didn't. There was no mortality. Well, that's insane. For kids, yeah. 
Huh? Yeah, any was, other disease we wouldn't, or virus you right. wouldn't. Huh? No. Recommend every two-year-olds get, get good. Mm-hmm. Who does it's that? Absurd. Yep. Huh? It is. And uh, thankfully, this latest variant, which is uh, going across the country and around the world, is not very potent. No. It's a, it's a cold, right? Mm-hmm. Head cold for the most part. Um, all right, we got four or five minutes more with Frank here. Frank, we wanted to talk to you. Uh, why don't you set it up, Chris? I can do this. Uh, there is a, a guy uh, by the name of Paul Ehrlich. For longer than I've been on this earth, uh, he's been sounding the alarm over things like uh, climate and specifically the population. Uh, Ehrlich is one of those people that believes we're we're having way too many babies, and that's going to put a strain on things like the uh, food supply and, and other issues. He's a biologist and author of The Population Bomb. Yes. He, he's well-known. Ray, you'd heard of him, right? Yeah. 100%. I mean, he, he, he that, that book, The Population Bomb, was a huge bestseller back in the 70s, right? Oh, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and he got more attention uh, in recent days because CBS uh, brought him on to talk about uh, various concerns with the population. Uh, and I've got some audio here we can play. It's about 43 seconds, and we can run it past Frank. Uh, clip 12, Brent. I know there's no political will to do any of the things that I'm concerned with, which is exactly why I and the vast majority of my colleagues think we're, we've had it, that the next few decades will be the end of the kind of civilization we're used to. In the 50 years since Ehrlich's population bomb, Humanity's feasting on resources has tripled. We're already consuming 175% of what the Earth can regenerate. And consider, half of humanity, about 4 billion, live on less than $10 a day. They aspire to cars, air conditioning, and a rich diet. Now, these kinds of things have been around a long time here. So was anything new there, Frank? Well, actually, I'm looking at an article from a 1970 paper out of California where this guy Ehrlich said this. Here here is his prediction. This is in October 6, 1970. The oceans will be as dead as Lake Erie in less than a decade. (laughs) He also said, yeah, he also said America will be subject to water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. I'm, I'm not so sure this is a guy we ought to go to. 50 years later, after he made one false prediction after another. Now, we need to evaluate his claims on a, on a case-by-case basis and see if, see if he has any evidence for this. But, gentlemen, we have seen climate hysteria predictions for the last 60 or 70 years, and none, zero, nada, any of them have come true. So, yeah. No, why you're, are right. We, you're right. Why, why are we thinking that? That, that, that Why does CBS bring this guy? He's 90 years old now. He's been shown to be false in what he said 50 years ago, I have an idea why ago. they bring him on. Why? Number one, it scares some people, uh-huh. and then it, it, the people who don't believe it talk about it, and they get all the attention they desire by bringing on somebody like that. Well, I, I think uh, Genesis chapter 8 kind of trumps all of this, where God says, And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done, as long as the earth endures. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. God's in control. Yeah, I agree with Chris. They bring these guys on because right now the whole agenda, it's all about climate change. We don't make huge changes 
uh, you know, the planet is not going to survive. So they keep bringing these guys on to scare well, I, people. I'm confused, fellas. If we're going to be overpopulated, and that's going to bring bring us all, bring Earth, uh, so to speak, down, right? Mm-hmm. Global warming will cause more of us to be deceased. True. Which so would they save, say. which would save us from being overpopulated. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, I rest. The, I rest my case. Here's it, the problem, Tim. These are the people who are saying we have to depopulate in order to save a later population. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you see what they're saying? Yeah. We have to kill people now because in the future people will die. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and the, of course, they, they they never volunteer to get out of the way themselves. They always want somebody else to die. You notice that? <laughs> yeah, this guy's. What is he, 90 or something He's like 90. that? He's 90. Why is he hanging around if he thinks it's a problem? <laughs> I saw a tweet from somebody over the weekend that said, we are one generation away from somebody pushing to make us the cricket food for the crickets that people are going to have to eat as a result of the population. Yeah, that was crazy. just gross right there, Chris. I don't know <laughs> yeah, what you're Stop it, Christopher. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know your point there, but it was. <laughs> you remember the, the soil and the green where people got turned into food or whatever? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> it was one hey, of listen, the scary things back then. In, in the Facebook chat, I just put an article that, that documents all the false climate predictions that have happened for about the past 50 or 60 years. You so put it in our you out. put it in our today's issues. Yes, in the today's issues. So go to there. the today's issues Facebook page and and see what uh, our buddy Frank Turek has posted there about what he just described and what do you got coming up this weekend on uh, on uh, your show? We're going to be talking about some questions that our listeners have sent in to us, so check it out, 9 p.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, here on the American Family Radio Network. That's the uh, ever-popular weekend show, Cross-Examined, hosted by Dr. Frank Turek on American Family Radio. And we call it, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist now, but that's okay. (laughs) You heard Frank, people. (laughs) What he said. We'll see you in a few minutes. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap Weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, we're going to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, in June and September of 2023, and we're going to have a wonderful time seeing Washington and seeing Mount Vernon, the home of George Washington. We're going to go there on the Saturday. We're there. Everywhere we go, Stephen McDowell will be giving us a talk on the Christian heritage of America. And that's very important, and it's lost in much of our popular culture today. But Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is a dear brother and has been going with me on these tours for many, many years. I just wouldn't do it without him. He is just an invaluable source, if you will, of information. So we're going to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, and George Washington's Mount Vernon. And then we're also going to Jamestown, Williamsburg, and Yorktown. If you want to go with us, then go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. 
my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Apple pie is racist. That's the word from author and filmmaker Raj Patel writing for the Guardian newspaper about battles over what he calls food justice in the United States. Much like the Europeans colonized America, he said that apples were imported as well. He compared apple pie to the vast and ongoing genocide of indigenous people. He said that apple trees became markers for civilization, demonstrating the land had been improved. He also referenced Johnny Appleseed, who represented the westward expansion of the nation. Golden Delicious and Granny Smith, he says, stand as symbols that indigenous communities had been removed from their ancestral lands. The bloody and evil origins of the apple pie covered up by the nationalist slogan, As American as Apple Pie. Well, wait until Mr. Patel finds out most Americans enjoy a scoop of vanilla ice cream on their slice of racist pie. I'm Todd Stearns. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, if you want to watch the show on the Internet, go to Facebook and type in Today's Issues. And we have a Facebook page, live video streaming, and uh, we post stuff there related to the program, the stories that we use. We also have our own streaming service, uh, live video streaming service that we started a few months ago. And there's, uh, if you go there and sign up, it takes you a minute or two. And there's a lot of free, free uh, stuff to watch there too. Streaming.afa.net. Streaming.afa.net. I'm Tim with Fred and Chris and Ray. Chris, Fred, and yours truly. We're in Tupelo and Ray's in Kansas City. And we were talking about the uh, extreme weather changes that a lot of the country's experiencing, has experienced in the last two weeks. You know, um, Ray, you said it got down to how cold? It was minus 7 here and maybe minus 8, I think, and 30 degrees below zero wind chill. When was that? Was that like a week ago? or That's like Christmas Eve. 10 days. Okay. Well, anyway... We didn't have it that bad, but we had about seven degrees, oh, six degrees. Mm. So I mean, what's the difference, really? Right? <laughs> huh? You, it's it's. <laughs> if it you're freezing, cold. you're freezing. <laughs> yeah, you get below ten. What is ten or minus fifty? Well, I mean, according to my phone, I took five hundred steps that day. I just sat around. Oh, my you just you were very lethargic. Yeah, I was. Like, what's the point? Anyway, so Allison and I, as I mentioned, we were on our patio last night. Very pleasant evening here. And um, she walks over to a couple of our plants. <laughs> and she says, come look at these. Uh, of course, I'm not interested in plants, really, but I love my wife and I want to act like, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Mm-hmm. I want to act like I care. 
because she planted them. <laughs> so she says, uh, she said, look at these. these. All these leaves are falling off, and these are evergreens. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what are they? <laughs> I know they're in our patio area. She said, they're sweet olives. You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. They're sweet olive trees, uh, olives, and and uh, all the leaves were falling off. Mm. And it was like, she said, I'm going to have to call the, you know, the people who, uh, the nursery people mm-hmm. who she knows well, mm-hmm. uh, and ask them, does, does this happen? Has this ever happened? Because uh, it was, it was like you know, something out of the Bible was happening in our huh. backyard because because of the the, the deep freeze. Right? Yes, yeah, that and, would do it. Uh, so, so, you ever heard of sweet olives? I've heard Trees? of olives. No, yeah. sweet olives. So, what? What is? is There's that no olives from- on them. I know that. Okay, there's no olives on them. Is no. that different from regular olive trees like they have in the Middle East? I don't know. Oh, I have the I have the uh, the background. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Tell us the sweet olives background. Uh, uh, sweet olive is a large upright shrub native yeah. to many parts of Asia and belonging to the olive family. The, yeah, this plant can reach up to twenty feet tall with a six to eight feet wide span, but is usually seen in our landscapes at around six feet high. Well, yeah, they're about four or five feet high, but they're naked now because they have no leaves because of the deep freeze. Yep. And they're evergreens, which is Kill the shows, you, shows you how, how cold it got. That was my yep. main point. Uh-huh. Took me five minutes to get to it, but that was <laughs> that was my main point. So, Chris, you learned something today. I did. I was today years old when See I learned. See if you can use a... that some other time during the day. There are if you if you own one of these trees and you're having we own two the wildman sweet olives. Uh, you can uh, go to an internet uh, device and look up things. I found an article from Southern Living Fine Gardening. I'm really not interested in that, but you could probably call your local uh, university extension center. Or the next time you order a pizza, say I want some extra sweet olives. Yes, sweet know. olives. Allison, my wife, God bless her, I love her. She 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 knows every plant and tree. Yeah, that's her thing. Huh? Yeah. I mean, she can name them all. <laughs> I just, just call just, them trees. Just just looking at them. Huh? <laughs> Glance over at them. She knows every name of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just have never got into that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I'll throw out a Ellie Agnes, but I usually. A, a, a what? Throw out a what? See, there you guys don't even know <laughs> what that never, is. Never, <laughs> is never that, heard of it. That sounds like a. Well, I, if, I don't know what it is. I just call it Ellie Agnes. And people like you like don't three know three the difference. Quarters. You threw out Agnes? Huh? <laughs> you, you threw Ellie out Agnes. Agnes. <laughs> oh, that's the name of a plant. Look it up. I'm not kidding you. Crepe myrtles. Oh, I know that. We know that yeah. one, yes. Yeah. And it's not spelled like you would think. Do you shave your crepe myrtles, do you? Do you murder your crepe myrtles? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Monkey grass? Man. I heard yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Illy Agnes yeah. is like a spelling bee word. Do you have that, Chris? It is spelled E-L-A-E-A-G-N-U-S. Illy Agnes. That's what, see what I'm talking about? There is such a word. So you guys need to bone up on your... Horticulture or something. You're ahead of us on that. Yep. All right. Uh, You're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. All that seven or eight minutes to say. It got freezing cold. It did. did. May it never happen again. Last night. I mean, last week. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we have a a new podcast that's going to start next Monday, right here. Well, Maybe sooner on American Family Radio's website, our AFR website, which we have all our podcasts of all our shows there. And a uh, very familiar voice to those 
who have listened to AFR for a long time, Sandy Rios. Sandy is Director of Governmental Affairs for our ministry here at AFA. That means she represents us in our nation's capital and has for several years. And Sandy joins us now from the uh, state of Florida. Good morning, Sandy. Well, good morning, Tim. I, all I have to say is I'll live that discussion to you. <laughs> I'll live. Oh, I got the, I, I'm, uh, uh, see what you did yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty clever. Uh, anyway, you don't. You haven't forgotten me. I'm so glad you haven't forgotten me. I, I've been taking a long break, not breaking, but taking a long break. And we actually do the podcast does start next Monday, Jan, uh, January That's what the 9th. I thought. That's yeah, okay. the first day. You were right. So, and I'm excited about it. I tell you, we're going to be. You know, it's uh, two years since the January 6th incident, and so uh, Julie Kelly will be my guest on Monday, along with Pam Hemphill. She's the woman who was put in jail in spite of the fact that she had cancer. Um, and that's a long story. She's going to tell it. And then on the second day, we're going to have Tim Rivers. Tim is a former IBM executive who has really devoted his time now to – he's the one who set up the Patriot uh, Patriot, um, Patriot Patriotmail.com. A lot of my listeners were writing to the prisoners. Tim did that. They've got a new book called The Gulag Chronicles. He's really been pouring his life into helping these guys, and we will talk also to Kelly Wild, who was the girlfriend of an inmate named Jonathan um, Mills. And Jonathan is in the D.C. jail, and he will join us from the D.C. jail. So there's a, those are the first two days, and we, we're going to Liberty. And I'll interview former Congressman Dave Bratt, who's now the dean of the business school there, uh, which should be a lot of fun. And then also Morris Tan, who is a Korean by birth, uh, I met him in D.C., Kim, several months ago. An incredible story he has about his life, his faith, and now he's the dean of the law school at Liberty. So uh, those are, that's just the way we're going to get it started. So that's, okay. that's coming up. What you need to do, folks, is starting Monday, Sandy will have uh, three to five podcasts a week. And uh, you, can, you can download those very simply. Uh, many of you. We're downloading Sandy's shows, her uh, morning show here at AFR already. Uh, so you're used to how to do this. You just go to AFR.net, and you, the podcast is right up there at the top of the page. By, it says Home Podcast Lineup. This is AFR's website. Mm-hmm. Click on Podcast, and boom, there you are. Cool. You'll be able to download Sandy's podcast, Sandy Rios, 24-7 on, uh, exclusively right now at least, on our AFR.net website. Uh, That's coming up, again, starting next Monday, Uh, Sandy Rios 24-7. Now, the the reason you – we've already talked about this some, but the reason you did switch over to a podcast, Sandy, mainly was to – well, one of the main reasons was to give you access to talking to people uninterrupted and without having to worry about, you know, the – 55-minute clock that we have here on AFR in the mornings, right? <laughs> well, that's part of it. I And also, it gives me more freedom to move about. Like, I am going I'm going to take an extended trip to Virginia. I'll be at Goochland this weekend speaking for them. Uh, they, I go back. My show goes back a long way with Goochland. They're the guys that took back their county. It's Talk right Virginia. of Richmond. In Virginia. It's in Virginia. Yeah. I'm going to go speak for a candidate there, John McGuire, who's a former Navy SEAL. I'll be talking about to them all of these for the podcast uh, but this gives me a chance to go and do it in person, which is really what I've always loved, is interviewing people in person. And I will be going to D.C. after that uh, to, uh, to a meeting that I 
I'm a regular attender of uncapturing some great interviews at that meeting by people that people will under, will know. Don't know who that's going to be yet, but um, yeah. And also, Tim, I could add for people that listen by app because a lot do on the AFR app. You can find this wherever you are, anytime, and you just make sure you go down to the podcast section, and you'll find it. And it's available on po- other podcasting platforms, but AFR is our podcasting platform. So I'm real excited about it. I really am, Tim, and I'm so grateful to you for uh, helping me with this, helping me to make this change. It's going to be uh, – uh, I have to get used to it. It's like another way of communicating because I'm used to doing radio, and podcasts are a little different. They're a little more laid back. Maybe some of maybe our, some of our southern listeners will be glad. Maybe I'll talk slower. I don't know. Uh, but but – uh, Bruce will be joining me. Are you me. saying we talk <laughs> slow, Sandy? Is that what uh, you're trying to say? Some do. That doesn't mean, we think, that doesn't mean we think slow. It just, That's right. It just talks I, slower than most people. I do know that. Uh, hey, could could, yeah, could I comment on something that's happening today? Sure. Or maybe you're going to ask me about this. But as we speak, there is a real battle going on in the House of Representatives. And I'll just read to you what Steve King, Congressman, former Congressman Steve King, who's a good friend of mine, tweeted today just a few minutes ago. This day, may God, who blessed and guided our founding fathers, bless and guide his stalwart patriots, Andy Biggs, Matt Gates, Bob Good, Ralph Norman, Scott Perry, and all his noble warriors who t- today take a stand for our republic. What's happening is that in the new caucus, after the win of the last election, not by much, but they won, uh, they are choosing the Speaker of the House. I think it's probably easy for people to realize that Kevin McCarthy has been uh, the heir apparent. And once that job badly, he's been all over Fox consistently all the time. Uh, but um, there is enough opposition to him that I don't think he's going to prevail. And one of the reasons that I don't think he's going to prevail, if you look at Fox, it's hardly mentioning it. It's not on the headline. It's something else because I think they know unless something Unforeseen happens. I don't think that's going to happen. But I want to read to you a headline from the Washington Examiner that just came out, at least in my box, a few minutes ago. McCarthy defiant ahead of speaker vote. He's talking to the caucus, and he said, I've earned this GD job. That was his message to the conference. So I'm just trying to tell you. Um, there was a quote? It's a quote. It's the it's the uh, It's spelled out, and it is the the headline for the Washington Examiner. Yeah, and they're and they're very much part of the establishment. And if you ask me, you know, the McCarthy and the others of the establishment have been saying that we need unity in the party, and they're very upset. Have called out these five who say they won't support McCarthy, but what they don't understand, and I do because I have friends in uh, the middle of all this, McCarthy is not an honest person, and no matter what he promises. He will not deliver, and he's proven that time and time and time again. He just supported this $1.8 trillion spending bill, although he pretended like he didn't, but the, he did. And so um, he is duplicitous, and I could say other things. Maybe that's the nicest adjective I, I should give. But if he actually prevails, it's really bad for conservatives and for this country because the fighters, uh, they – I think they might prevail today. That's my prediction. But um, that's well, Sandy, the drama playing out right now. I hear what you're saying, but Jim Jordan said the opposite this morning. He was on with Jenna Ellis, and she asked him just what you said. 
And and do we have his quote? We uh, do. We can yeah. play the audio I, here. Yeah, I'd like I, to hear it. I, I, know you, I know you typically agree with Jim Jordan 99% of the time, but listen to what he had to say. Go ahead. Flip one. I'm supporting Leader McCarthy. I hope he will be the speaker. I think he is, uh, as I've said many times before, he has done a great job of keeping our team together, uh, focused on dealing with uh, just, just how radical the left has uh, now become and, and, and the fact that they control the Democrat Party. So um, I always point to the, to the example. You know, a few years ago, Jenna, you, you remember when, when the Democrats said they're crazy impeachment of President Trump. Uh, the conventional wisdom was that uh, that impeachment vote in the House of Representatives, that, that every Democrat was going to vote to impeach the, the president and several Republicans were going to join him. And after we went through that four month debate um, uh, and, and showed how ridiculous this, that that whole thing was, uh, pointing out the facts, you had every single Republican in the House vote not to impeach and several democrats joined us and one switched parties and has now uh been reelected twice as a republican member of the house of representatives and is of course part of our majority uh in the house this congress so um that happens when you have the the uh, a leadership that, that can keep your team focused and united so i hope we can unite around uh leader mccarthy and get a speaker elected uh today and we'll uh we'll, we'll see how that that shakes out here uh later anyway i'm just saying jim jordan is a friend and a champion of you know, I know a friend of yours, Sandy, and he anyway, he's backing uh, Kevin McCarthy. Well, I can't explain that. I can't tell you everything I know about it, but I will tell you this: but, there is there are several ballots. See, they're 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 meeting in secret. There's some things leaking out, like that quote by McCarthy about you know the, the vulgarity, whatever the profanity hmm. he uttered. But um, there are several votes, and on the first vote. Uh, the five, at least the five, who said they would not vote for McCarthy have enough to stop him from getting it. Well, who would get it vote. if he doesn't? Well, that I'll just be silent about. Um, the, many of the, the naysayers are predicting that the, a Democrat will win. That That is just patently ridiculous. In fact, somebody just tweeted out this morning that Joaquin Jeffress will be it. Well, I think the, the Democrats want him to be the m- minority leader uh, but there's no way that's going to happen. This is all this is all uh, smoke and mirrors because McCarthy, you know, obviously the left would prefer, I have to tell you, that uh, McCarthy be the speaker because he's very, very weak. And he's actually not even that bright. And I know that sounds pejorative, but that's really pretty resoundingly uh, the assessment. And also, I can just tell you, he has stabbed people in the back over and over. So the people that are... Uh, saying they support him, have the freedom then after the first vote uh, to vote for someone else or to nominate someone else. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you it's a drama playing at, out right now as we speak. And honestly, they do need our prayer. These men, because what they're putting at risk here, if McCarthy, for some reason, something's happening, that, and heaven knows lots of things happen that you don't expect, if he should prevail or someone else that's loyal to him there will be such punishment for these guys. Their lives will be made miserable. They won't get money for election. They won't get money for um, – they'll have reduced uh, am- amounts of money for their staffs. Uh, they won't be able to be on any committees. That's already happened. That's what McCarthy does. So I'm just telling you, they, they're putting their – at least their professional lives as members of the House on the line by what they're doing this morning. And um, Well – We'll see what happens. Uh, I guess we'll know something in the next couple of hours anyway, what happens, uh, whether yeah. uh, Kevin McCarthy is elected Speaker of the House or not. I guess we'll yeah. know. 
Okay. All right, Sandy. Yeah, with that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, well, listen. so if you want more controversy, <laughs> Sandy Rios 24-7 <laughs> will begin on Monday, okay. and uh, it'll be available. So I'm excited about it, Tim, and thanks for allowing me to do this. Absolutely. Thanks, Sandy. Talk to you later. Okay, very good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. You're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Uh, what Sandy just said right there, I don't, I don't know anything about it. And so I just I do know Sandy's character, and she is a truthful person, and I would trust anything Sandy told me. But I can't, no. you know, I can't verify her well, claims no. uh, here. So no. one thing we know for sure: the Republican Party is very divided. Uh, yeah, it's always been a problem. When you go back through the history, uh, whether it was when John Boehner was speaker, and then you had Paul Ryan who came in. And but it always will, always has been, and always will be mm-hmm. for the Democrats and the Republicans, in my view. Yeah. Politics is messy, mm-hmm. complicated, ugly, d- divisive. Uh, Ray, you're in. Uh, you're hearing what we're talking about. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Fred. You, but no, no, you no, want no. to finish your thought on that? Or? Well, uh, it just Nancy Pelosi seemed. Seemed, uh, and we know there was the AOC crowd, the squad. Yeah, the squad, yeah. Uh, they're there. So there's, yeah, there is division. But at the end of the day, here's what it seems like, I think, to the American public. The Democrats are able to come together. Now, here's the other problem. The mainstream media hides a lot of the division in the Democratic Party. The mainstream media amplifies differences of opinion in the Republican Party. And so you're left with that impression. Right. It does seem, <clears throat> Fred, exactly what you you said is true. The Democrats, in some ways, play the political game, and they enforce discipline on their side better than the Republicans do. If I had to guess, and it's just a guess, that when all the smoke is cleared and how many votes they have to take, who knows, I still think Kevin McCarthy is going to be the next Speaker of the House because I don't think there's a viable alternative candidate who's willing to actually stand for election at this point. I think he's going to win when it's all said and done. Uh Yeah, I guess we'll we'll know something today. I would just say this uh, about, you know, politics. I used to be, if you'd asked me 25 years ago, I was pretty black and white. My views on politics Uh and government. Um, I mean, at one time I thought, well, maybe, uh, maybe conservatives, especially conservative Christians need to form their own political party. Maybe that's the way to go, you know, stay away from the rhinos and the compromising and all that. Mm -hmm. I used to, I thought like that 25, 30 years ago when I was young and naive, (laughs) but, uh, no, uh, I, I, I don't think like that anymore, uh, because, there's two parties. There's two. Uh, okay. What I'm about to talk about is if you want to have a real impact on policy and getting things done and having the numbers to accomplish sub- substantial things. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a part of a minority, a vast minority political group, go for it. Libertarians, the Green uh, Group, mm-hmm. whatever their name is. Green Party. There's There's several of these parties. They don't ever win Jack. Okay. Right. But they still, you know, they run their races and, and God bless them. It's America. 
that's what you want to do, go for it. But if you want to have an impact and win races so that you can govern, you're going to have to be a Republican or a Democrat yep. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Can we all acknowledge that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. right. So there are two teams. you got to pick your team. Mm-hmm. And then within that team, uh, you've got to fight for the things that you believe in within that team. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, this is my view, and Sandy probably would disagree with this, but my view is you fight as hard as you can for the things you believe within the system of your team. But if you're in the minority of your team, then you have to stay with your team and support your team for the, unless you just have to, you you can't surrender your Christianity, but politics and policy and not liking somebody and somebody has a bad reputation. Look what Trump, (laughs) we all, a lot of Christians supported Trump. He had a horrible reputation. Am I right? Yes. I'm I'm talking about morally. Yeah. He was a playboy Mm -hmm. uh, and was not one of us, yet we supported him because of his policies and the things that he uh, promised that he would not do that Hillary Clinton would do. Right. Mm -hmm. He came down to two choices. I'm just, yes. So I'm saying a lot of times there are so many, there's the, all those things you have to consider. And if you're just going to be black and white and then you're you're really going to box yourself in on what you're able to do and accomplish and trade off and compromise and you scratch my back I'll scratch yours that is a part of modern and always has been a part of politics and if all that just completely turns you off then I don't know you're going to be very disappointed always in politics we'll be back momentarily The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.